Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper, your favourite Bible podcast. It's episode 128. I'm your old mate, DJ Payne. And on this episode, Matthew Jacoby and I sit down and we conclude the book of Joshua. Uh, last episode was Joshua part one. This is Joshua part two, covering chapters seven to 24. Yeah, that's right. That many chapters. So you've got to hold on to your hats this episode because we are going to fly through a lot of this Israelite history as they come in to the land that they've been promised. Now, I've also got a very, very special offer exclusive to you who are listening. So make sure you keep on listening to find out all about that. But right now, let's get into that conversation between Matt and I about the book of Joshua in our Thrive Studio. Matt, the studio's, you know, I, I hate to talk tidy. about it. It's tidy. It, it's, it's tidy and there's... I never uh, thought you'd get there. I know, there's a sense of order happening in the studio. I have lost count of how many Bibles... Uh, you, what is it with you and Bible? Actually, that's a funny question, isn't yeah. it? What is it with you and Bibles? Well, I'm a Christian. <clears throat> no, but seriously, says the man. You've just showed me. Podcast. You've just been showing me the uh, what is it? The ESV Illuminated Bible, which is just beautiful. Yeah, I've just uh, turned around and pulled you, it off my shelf. Here. What is it? You, look, you collect. Look, different. When, when the coming apocalypse comes and all your computer yeah. apps <laughs> turn to dust, <laughs> I will be sitting here with my fortress made of Bibles. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, I, look, I do have a problem. I'm happy to admit this. I do have a problem. Uh, I, I I have a tendency to collect. Yeah. You know. Ah, right, like you know, a magpie. Like a magpie. I yeah. have I have a garage out yeah, there. You're wearing black and white today, too. Exactly. So I have, yeah. I, have a, I look like a magpie. I have a tendency to collect. Um, it started as a young child. We, yeah. We're both of the same age. I was about six or seven when Star Wars first came out. Yeah. And the, and the first Star Wars yeah. figures- Wow, you know, I've never in all the time that I've known you, we have never talked had this about, conversation. Well, I, I literally, where is that? They've got a big thing of sunglasses. Is it the sunglasses you, yeah, are up there? The sunglasses crate. The sun, ah, and, that makes sense. And the box of Star Wars figures are, is around here as well. Oh, right. Okay. All the original you, Star Wars right, from the seventies and eighties. Right. So you really are a magpie. So I. Ha- so I'm happy to admit. That conditioned me as a child. Like on the back of the Star Wars cards yeah. was collect the whole set. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes, masters, <laughs> I will collect the whole thing. It was my introduction into capitalism and, and, and like buying everything. And as I've gotten older, I've shared all of the stuff that I used to collect. Yeah. And the thing that is left with me and the thing that I'm happy to still yeah. flex in that in that area is Bibles. I've got Bibles. a weakness for Bibles. Yeah. So, de- so, dear listener, if you ever want to know what to buy me for my birthday or Christmas or you just want to send yeah. me love, send me a Bible. You know, one of your, your, your favourite collections <laughs> was your collection of tr- chick tracts. Oh, 
all right there on the shelf, <laughs> right there next to you on a shelf. Look at that. Oh, like, you're kidding. That's it, massive. It, it, all in those blue folders. Look, that you don't open up the box of Trick Track. You yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. could talk about that for a long time, and we've got a lot to yeah, get that's through another, this episode. That's another issue, Mr. Jack Chick. The, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other- Hardcore, hardcore. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Anyway, what are we doing, DJ? Get us on track. Come on. Okay, okay. Uh, we're up to- uh, This is episode 128. We are, we are building the episodes here mm-hmm. of Thrive Deep. And this is our second and, I hate to say this, final episode on the Book of Joshua. Last week we spent- Yeah, we'll hop in the aeroplane, we're 10,000 feet. I know. Which actually is a great way to- the rest do, of this book, I reckon it's a good way to do that. I actually. think I one think so. snapshot. We can really get we get sunk down. So on the last episode, episode one twenty seven, if you haven't listened to that, I highly encourage you to listen to that. That's given you the introduction of who Joshua is, his time, place in the history of Israel and in the Bible, and we've covered all that in the first six chapters. We covered in the last episode of Joshua. So now, as we pick up in chapter seven. We have Joshua and this whole new generation of Israelites in the promised land, yeah. walking in. Uh, they have set their minds to the covenant yeah. of God. They've yeah. sworn the oaths. They have said, we're doing yeah. this. And we now see what that actually looks like yeah. for yeah, you know right. what the promise is all about here in chapter seven is a great yeah. way to introduce that's it. That's right. So, as, we, as we, we've, we've talked about Jericho last time, yes. didn't we? Yeah. Uh, now, there's a, just an important concept here as we go into uh, into the aftermath of Jericho, and it's the concept of harem, and I've, I've referred to it before. Uh, harem is a word that is used whenever, and we're going to see it used heaps in the book of Joshua, it's used in Deuteronomy, and it's it's a technical term that is used to describe something that is, and, and it's often translated as uh, either totally destroyed yes. in, in the NIV, but there's actually, it has strong religious connotations. Okay. It's, it's the language of... Uh, of, uh, set apart for sacrifice. It's a it's a religious term, actually. Uh, so uh, sometimes it's translated devoted to destruction. Oh wow! So so yes. such and such a yes. place is completely devoted to destruction. And, and that's like a judgment from the Lord type of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a judgment. For, it's a very interesting term, actually. And it's not a term that, it's not an idea that you see uh, elsewhere in the ancient Near East. It's, it's unique to ancient Israel. Uh, and, and it's connected with the idea that we've talked about. It, it is connected with this idea that, you know, we've talked about the conquest of the land being a very important in, in God's economy, yes. very important prefiguration of the final day of judgment. Mate, okay. The, yep. Now, the, you, you mentioned that- now that uh, answers a lot of questions. You mentioned itself. that on yeah. the last episode. We went yeah. into details in that yeah. in the last episode. But reading through a couple of times the book of Joshua this week, it is a prefiguration of Jesus Christ yeah, at the yeah, end of the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, really, even Joshua oh, is, you know, the same name even, you know- It's full means on. Means God saves and- The patterns yeah. are so much the same of what they do and the people. It's amazing. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this devote, because as I said, um, you know, it'll, you know, Jericho was a classic example. Jericho, you know, everything in it, everything, everyone every, is is uh, devoted in this uh, in this sense, in well, this in a very pre- religious sense. And well, it's the language yeah. of it's the language of sacrifice. It's a little bit like. Uh, the way that, for example, the burnt offering is described, that it's put on the altar and it's wholly burnt up on wow. the altar, wow. that it's wholly devoted to God um, as a, um, and in this case, almost it's, it's like a, uh, it's set apart for judgment in the sense of wholly satisfying the justice of God. You know, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so this is a serious cut. Now, uh, you know, it also 
causes ish because it's you know it's kind of I think hard for people to read as we get it you know everything that breathed in the city devoted to destruction. Well, let's jump back a little bit in chapter six of you know as they approach Jericho, Joshua speaking the words of the Lord says, "Do not take any of the things set apart." For destruction. That's right. Or you yourselves and the word will there be com- is harem. Yeah. Or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord. Yep. Must be brought harem. into the tre- Yep, that's right. Must be brought into the treasury, but completely destroyed everything in it. Yep. Men, harem again is the word that's used. Men, there. women, young, old, cattle, sheep, goats, donkeys. Yeah. Everything to be destroyed. It's well, you know, it's it's like Revelation chapter nineteen. Yeah, yeah, fully. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, it's like Second Peter. Everything will be completely burnt up. You yeah. know, the, yeah. the earth and the heavens and the, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. This is this is a prefigurement, yes, a, a prefiguration of that. So, but again, I, can I can I throw yeah. something back at you there because it is. I, I mean, and I, and I love yeah. the point that you made on that, man. I think it's a great one to underline, and it helps us understand. But this is is also real part of history. Oh yeah, yeah. This is by saying by saying this is a prefigurement of what Jesus yep, will good, do at the end. Good point. Yeah, we're not saying that this is like an allegory, no, no, or, or no, a myth or a legend. Well, then it wouldn't be a prefiguration. Thank uh, you. Uh, we keep using the words prefig. Prefigurement yeah. actually isn't a word. It's a prefiguration. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, Yes, it it actually can't be a prefiguration. If there's very actually, this is important. Actually, understanding one of the roles of Israel in the Old Testament yep. is that they are they embody everything that happens to Israel in the Old Testament embodies a prophetic message about yes. the future. Yes. So their conquest of the land, their ejection from the land, their you know they they are constantly embodying these prophetic messages yep. that of course in this age goes out uh, to the world. And part of that prophetic message is there is a judgment coming uh, that is an absolute judgment. The world is completely is the, as as the psalm says, the earth is the Lord's mm. Mm. and everything in it Right, that's a little bit like the language of Herem, the yeah. word, you know. And there is a time coming when when God is going to uh, stake that claim. Yeah. And so, um, uh, in whether it's in judgment or, or or whatever. And so, anyway, that's what's happening here. Yeah. And and the problem with with Achan, of course, the story, it's famous story of Achan, which we'll just refer to. This is chapter seven. That's right. Um, is that uh, you know Achan. Well, takes we, some of the stuff. Well, we see what happens when that isn't followed. What Joshua in the yeah. Joshua speaking for the Lord says here, we see very quickly in in chapter seven that um, yeah, tell us what happens yeah, in brief. <laughs> yeah, very very briefly, they they go to a place. Now I've heard it pronounced a- different, different way. AI, AI, let's AI, call it AI. Yeah. AI. It's spelled AI. So we're yeah. saying AI. There's a place of AI. This is the next place for them to conquer. Joshua says, listen. You know, we've just seen what we've done to the Jericho. God is with us. We don't even have to send all the army. Let's just yeah, send yeah. 3,000 men. Yeah. Fine. Get out there, do it. We'll all wait back here and you guys yeah. do it. And they go, no problems. The Lord is with us. They go. They are soundly defeated. Yeah. They 36 of them are killed. They turn tail and run. It says their courage melted away like water. Yeah. When they come back, Joshua and the elders immediately realize what is wrong yeah. and, and weep before the Lord. Morning, tear their clothes, dust in their heads, and lie there before the ark saying, God, show us what what we've done wrong. This is, you have promised, you always hold up your end of the bargain, we've broken the promise, yeah. show us what. So, they come up with a way where they will divine, you know, through the priest yeah, yeah. and through the, through the ark, they'll bring tribes, 
leaders, families, and then men. And, uh, and you then know, there's poor old Aiken. And Aiken, at the end now, of that process, there's Aiken. And Aiken and his family. And, and let me speak to this uh, because, of course, once that he's found out and uh, they discover that, yeah. yes, he has taken some of the devoted yeah. harem, some of the devoted things. Well, Aiken, Aiken, you know, and again, not, you know, Aiken understands what's going on. Yeah. And, and to his credit, I mean, I hate to even yeah, use, yeah. That, use that phrase, when he is singled out, Achan replies, it is true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in, my, in the ground, in my tent, and the silver is buried deeper than the rest. So yeah, he knew what was going on. Yeah. This is a meticulous wealth. It wasn't. It was a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. But he has had time to think of it, hide it, and everything. He knew that he had broken the promise. He let the people go and get slaughtered. Yeah. And you know they've yeah. come back. And Joshua sends them in to do a search. There's the stuff. Yeah. Achan is assembled with his entire family. Yeah. And they are slaughtered before. Well, yeah, they're, they're stoned, they're stoned yeah, before yeah, the right. whole yeah. of Israel comes out yeah. and stones them. It's a tough. It's look. It, it's a. There's something very polarized about these stories. Um, this is a th- th- there's there's lots of judgment. It's worth, by the way, it's worth bearing in mind that the first story that we have in Joshua, the first account after the commission, mm-hmm. is a story of grace. Yeah. There's always these indications. This is where this is going, but grace only makes sense yes. against the background of just judgment. Okay, mm-hmm. and and this is God using Israel to bring judgment on the. Amorites, as it says in uh, Genesis, as that when that's predicted in Genesis yep. 15, uh, because God waited until the sin of the Amorites reached its full measure. Okay, so this is judgment. But the thing is, uh, lest Israel get cocky, which they did, they very much uh, did. If you don't, you know, if you don't stick to the plan, uh, then then judgment comes on you. Mm. Um, so these are this is really polarized times. Uh, why Aiken and his family in an individualistic. Uh, world like ours that doesn't make sense yeah we why, why is the family punished you know because yep. of because of you know that's that's a, right. that's a question that comes up all the time with yep. this chapter uh, but uh, in uh, in these times and in fact in every other uh, culture there's not that separation between mm. between pe- people in that sense yes. i mean um uh, each person individually is either held guilty or not guilty depending mm. on what they do. Yeah. Uh, that point is made in the Bible. Okay, so children aren't held guilty for the sins of the parents, mm. but it's very clear that that children bear the consequences of mm. the sins of the parents because that's part of the empowerment that is given to us in the first place, that that all of those we're, we are responsible for uh, will share in the consequence of our actions. Yeah. I mean, we see that in ordinary ways in life, right? All the and time. that's that's empowerment. That's yeah. responsibility. Now, we might say, oh, that's not fair. No, but hang on. Fair is defined against the backdrop of our responsibility, the level of our responsibility. Now, we might say, well, that's just too much responsibility. Yeah. Well, welcome to being human. Yeah. That's actually what being human is. And Achan, as the head of that family, was responsible. Yes. Not only when he acted that way, he was acting not only on his behalf, but he, on behalf of his family. Yes. That's the way it works, right? Yep. I mean, even we see this carry over into the New Testament. I mean, uh, because of course, if judgment happens that that way, it's very m- even more the case with grace. Mm. You know, when God reveals his name to Moses, yep. you know, when he hides him in the cleft of the rock, the Lord, the Lord, yep. you know, uh, uh, punishing the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, but showing 
grace, but showing favor to a thousand generations, right? So, uh, um, and by punishment, it means consequences. Yes. Now, we see, we see the flip side when Peter says in Acts chapter 2, uh, the promise is to you and your children. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. so- uh, There is a flip because, side. Because God doesn't separate us from those that we're responsible for. And the other, side, the other side to remember is in this particular culture, in this particular time of people, and this is the way that God wanted it for these Israelites, yeah. is mm-hmm. they're living within clans. They're living- People yeah. groups and family groups are- Ultimately important, especially going into a foreign yeah. land of these debaucherous, satanic, yeah. you know, demonically inspired people. It is incredibly important to say, you know, the clans to be important. And the family household, it's not we we, we have a problem in yeah, thinking yeah. of individuals. The other point here is that the treasure that he had stolen was hidden underneath the tents where the family lived. Yeah, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not saying that they're all guilty. <clears throat> he was guilty. And yeah. And it's, look, it's often pointed, that's often pointed out that yeah. in a sense that, that everyone, the family knew about it. You yeah. can't, they can't not know about it. Exactly. And and it, the other thing is, is that the judgment wasn't a surprise for Aiken and the family. No. Joshua said, we're doing this to find this person and this is what's going to yeah, happen to right. that family. Yeah. So, let's go. And when he was found out, he fessed up to yeah. it, yeah. knowing full well that this was a death sentence for him yeah, and his family. that's right. Yeah. So, on the back of that, we go into chapter eight. Joshua then, instead of sending 3,000 people after repenting and doing all of this, he sends yeah. 30,000 guys. Guys in, yep. takes them, soundly defeats them, yeah, that's right. uh, do, does an amazing job, chases them all away and sets the whole place on, on fire. And, uh, you know, they they bring out the king and this is the beginning of what can be really troubling for some of us in reading it in these in these points here because Joshua, in the, rec- in the records here of Joshua, of Israel taking the people, taking these towns, it goes to it goes to a point of saying like we end up in chapter 8 that Joshua, and, and again, depending on where you come from, uh, me growing up on these on these uh, books in, as yeah. a child in Sunday school, these were my favourite stories. I yeah, love yeah. these stories. Reading at the end of Joshua, Joshua impaled the king of Ai on a sharpened pole and left him there until evening and all that type of stuff. Man, as a young boy, uh, this was my- this yeah. was the exciting Of course, thing. there's a theological significance to that yeah. because of the verse in Deuteronomy that says, cursed is he who's hung on a tree. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, that was- Look, that was a- that part is a fairly customary yes. ancient look, we're in the ancient I, era. It's ancient very world. difficult actually in in you know, someone reading if we were sitting in ancient, let's say we were, I don't know, ancient yeah. Babylonians or something, we yes. read this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, well that's I'll, I'll I'll put it to you, to to most people outside of the Western world today reading this, they would be going, That makes perfect sense. Yeah. We, in fact, know. as I also often point out, <laughs> a God in the ancient world, yeah. a God who Claims preeminence, yes. as of course Yahweh did, yes. and does not destroy the gods of the nations. It's yeah. not in military conquest, because that's yeah. how ancient battles were understood, yeah. not just as battles against flesh and blood. They no. were always un- understood as battles between gods, right? Yes. How, how, I know that my God is greater than your God because we beat you in battle. That's yeah. So, a God uh, who does not win battles yes. in the ancient Near East is not incomprehensible, yes. Yes. And the, unintelligible to and, ancient people. And we think of kings and queens and monarchs as this these figureheads. No, yeah. no, these were crucial leaders of yeah. these clans and villages yeah. who were deeply involved in yeah. the spiritual practices yeah, right. and representing their gods. Yes, that's right. 
that's they're taking the embodiment yeah, of the judgment right. here. Yeah. So after that, the Lord's covenant is renewed. Joshua builds it. We we have another theme in the book of Joshua, whether it's the family of uh, Achan being killed and the stones being piled on top. We go through judgment after judgment after judgment where they pile stones on yeah. top of yeah. places or villages or people, and it says. And the stones are there till this day. Yeah, you can Constantly go check until this day. And to this day, so we're dealing with history here. Yeah. This is this is not just legend. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's an important. And again, this is what I love about the book of Joshua. And Matt, you were making this point as well at the end of chapter eight. Uh, Joshua then read to them all the blessings and the curses that Moses had written to them in the book of instruction. So Joshua is a man of the word. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. And, and, yeah. and the word at that time is the five books of Moses. Yeah, yeah. You know that Moses has handed on, uh, and probably an early form yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. Every word at every Every command that Moses had given was read to the entire assembly of Israel, including the women, children, and the foreigners who lived among them. And it makes a point here of saying, Joshua is continually reading this, saying, we stick to this. He will bless us, and he will bless the foreigners who decide to live with us as well. So, there is that- there is that yeah, other side. Right. You yeah. know, there really is an opening of grace saying, come and join us and we will look after you. Yeah, that's you. right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Give us a- Give us the, the the next section. Of course, is the Gibeonite yeah. issue. Okay, so yeah. uh, the Gibeonites hear about this. Give us give us your summary okay, this of this story, and then I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, ask you a, que- a question and make a point. About oh, this here story. we go. Here yeah. we are. I'm getting quizzed here, gang. Yeah. Uh, now, the Gibeonite story in chapter nine is 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 a fantastic story. These Gibeonites, uh, the the kings of the Hittites and all these you know gangs out there, the Canaanites, Perizzites, you know, they're all basically freaking out. Yeah. They are like, yeah. oh my goodness, Israel and this God of the Israelites, yeah. you, we've heard about the generations yeah. that are coming out of, Mo- they, they know all the stories. Yeah. This is law in, yeah, in their town. Right. Yeah. And they're like, did you hear what happened to Jericho? Did you hear what happened to AI? Yeah. These guys are unstoppable. Yeah. What are we going to do? And one of them, you know, a brilliant guy comes up with an idea and says, listen, let's pretend that we're from a faraway place. Mm. We know the story that this God of theirs has promised this entire region to them. Mm. We need to pretend that we're outside of the region. Yeah. You know, we're days away from yeah. where they are. They yeah. don't know. They're new to the area. They don't know the yeah, suburbs right. yet. Yeah. They don't know the villages. Let's pretend. Let's get some old horses, put on some old clothes. Who's got some raggedy old beards? You guys over there with the raggedy beards. Come yeah, here. And, and again, the reason is yeah. because- Israel were not permitted to make treaties with the nations in the land, yes. but were allowed to make treaties with distant nations. Yeah. That's why they're pretending to and, be a distant nation. And, and they're totally, and they mouldy bread, yeah, yeah. old wine skins. Oh man, they really they, do it well, they, don't they? They, they yeah. go through the rubbish shit, fighting all yeah, the stuff. Yeah. They're like, right, okay, you ready? You got your, got your line. And they go on and they put on an Academy Award winning act. Yeah. These guys who rolled, rided We've the town. We've come from far away. We've come yeah. from, and, and so the Israelites- Make a treaty with us. Yeah. It, well, here's an important point. They're being gracious. Yeah. But the Israelites, Joshua and the Israelites are being gracious and they're, they are being kind and saying, foreigners, you know, yeah. and these guys are saying the right things because they're scared yeah. to death. And they are saying the right things. They know the truth of the matter. And they're like, look, swear an oath to us. We will be obedient to you. You will be, and they swear everything to each other. And Joshua and the elders are like, hey, good job, guys. We, we you know, patting yeah. each other on the back. Yeah. A few days later, someone turns up and goes, you know, those guys are from the town just over there. <laughs> you know, right. they're from over there. Like, they're just a couple of days that way. And yeah. they're like, what? And they're furious. We're tricked, yeah. Furious. So, they go and meet them and say, guys, what did you do? You tricked us. You made us swear an yeah, oath yeah. in front, in, 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 to our God yeah. that we would, be, we would be friends. And they were like, psych, too bad. You yeah. know, we-, we, we An we, oath we, is an oath. An oath yeah. is an oath. And we know 
the one thing we know about you and your God yeah. is that you keep your promises. Yeah. And so we've made these promises. And Joshua does two things. Joshua and the elders do two things. They say, right, we're going to keep that promise, but you're going to be our servants and basically our slaves yeah. from now on. You will be our woodcutters. You're going to get us water. You're going to be working yeah. for us. And they go, we're totally fine with that, just as long as you don't yeah. kill us and wipe us out. And then the other thing that they take away, the, you know, the, the point of this is that the elders will get together and they mourn the fact that they didn't ask the Lord. They didn't consult yeah. God around this matter. They went on, this is going to sound horrible, they went on compassion. They went on face value compassion yeah, yeah, yeah. and went, we're never going to do that again. We, If someone comes to us and says, we ask the Lord yeah. and they take that away. There's my summary of chapter yeah, so, 9. Yeah, so they end up, as you say, they end up as woodcutters and water carriers, yeah. including for the house of God. There's an interesting one as well. So, they're, they're serving the house of God as well. And so, they're, they're basically, in a sense, this is their tribute. They're, uh, but anyway, let me, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think the text is favourable or unfavourable towards the Gibeonites? I, to be, my personal take, I go... Look, I, whoever's writing it, and I think it's Joshua and his staff, there's there's a bit of like, and I'm going to, this might sound a bit racial, there's a bit of Jewish appreciation for yeah. the tenacity yeah. and the cleverness of this <laughs> yeah. people. You know, because really what they're doing is they're looking at the rules and going, hey, we can work with this. Yeah. We can work with these rules. Yeah. We'll totally, we'll totally co You know, I, I, I think, and, and, and I, uh, and there's some backing for this idea uh, amongst uh, Old Testament scholars. Th there is this sense that this is, in a way, the shrewdness of the Gibeonites yeah. is actually put for. They, it's like they get they get into the kingdom. Uh, through this kind of back door, it's like pushing. We're going to get in in on the. Oh, it's a little bit like it. it's a little bit like the Canaanite uh, or, or sorry, Phoenician woman in Matthew chapter fifteen, yeah. and who comes to Jesus and and Jesus says, "No, no, I've come to the lost children of Israel. You're not. I'm, okay, you know." Yeah. Uh, and but she she comes up with an argument, and by you know she she you know with. It's like, but even the crumbs that fall off the table, and and in, in reading it again this time and, through, and, she, and her faith is commended. And yeah. I think, I think, man, uh, there's something about this that's being commended, even. Well, I I I love the fact that right from the beginning, like the, at the end, when jo Joshua is furious with them and says, "Right, you, what have you yeah. done?" and says, "They reply and said, we did it because we, the Gibeonites, are your servants." We're clearly told that the Lord yeah. your God commanded his servant Moses. They're quoting yeah, yeah. Moses. That's back right. To them. Yeah, yeah. They're totally familiar it's with it. It's a little bit like Rahab. There's a there's there's a sense of this grace about it. So when I was reading it again, Matt, I'd love you to comment on this because I haven't it's just an idea in my head and I'm I haven't yeah. even formulated the result here. You might be able to jump to it. I'm reading this in the light of, you know, one of the lights that's on is in the light of the fact that this is a prefiguration yeah. of the end yeah, of the yeah, age. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, yeah. who at the end of the age is going to be the Gibeonites and manage to get into the kingdom through, you know, not through the back door, yeah. but but I but it made me think of in the book of Revelation, God's mercy is still being proclaimed. Yeah. God says, I want to save those who will come to me. And maybe the Gibeonites are an example of people who are willing to come to him in any way. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. Well, look, uh, the one thing I will say about the the pre the prefiguration principle is that you do need a New Testament. <laughs> uh, you do you need a New Testament validation of that. Otherwise, anything yes, can mean anything. Exactly. And um and, and that can turn into what's known as allegorization, where you you know. And I don't uh, want to do now, that. No, but no, but but I think that's fair enough. I mean that there. 
I think what is fairly evident here is that while while Joshua and Israel um, are uh, subtly castigated for not inquiring of the Lord, yet the Gibeonites' tenacity here, their faith and their tenacity, their desire to link themselves with Israel, mm. is subtly approved here, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and I think this is borne out to move into chapter... Um, uh, chapter ten, yeah. When uh, the these five southern kingdoms, yes, uh, they all get they hear about the Gibeonites, yeah, and they hear about everything else that's happening, and they say, "Listen, we need to get together and actually stand." I mean, these guys would have been fighting amongst each other uh, plenty, but now they're getting together. Right, we've got to stand in a united force. Five kings yeah. against Israel, uh, but but they go for Gibeon because. Oh, hang on, yeah. Well, see, because they're thinking we'll do this because some of us are giving way, right? Yeah. Some of us are giving way. Yeah. And, uh, and so, we're going to first attack the Gibeonites. Now, um, so, they call in uh, Joshua and Israel, and sure enough, they keep their promise without yeah. hesitation. And I, and I love- The Gibeonites were, were right about that. They're yeah. going to keep their promise. And I, and I love the fact, you know, these five Amorite kings- Attack Gibeon first. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messages to Joshua in Gil- Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now. Come at once. Save us. Help us because we're being attacked. Joshua goes, right, entire army to Gibeon. Yeah. So, they're benefiting. Yes. They're already benefiting from the favor of God that's Love on it. Israel. And and actually, it, you know, what we see here is that God- Yes. Uh, God comes to this yeah. as well. Yeah. So there's this is where I think the divine favor is here now. In a sense, the umbrella of divine favor of God's favor actually is over the Gibeonites here, because God gives them victory. God aids this salvation of the Gibeonites, so to speak, in a miraculous way. In a miraculous, in, well, in in one of the most very miraculous well, way. And, yeah. and then some people will say this is another one of these parts of the Book of Joshua where agnostic, atheist people who do not believe that the Bible is the word of God and doesn't be, do not believe in the miraculous, you know, hand of God over, over creation. The, Joshua and the whole army of Israel are slaughtering the Amorites left and right. And Joshua, in the middle of it, stands up and, and prays because he's thinking, right, the sun is going down. We're not going to get the job done in one day. Yeah, and and, I wanna- and the, the job, by the way, can yeah. I just uh, – the job, of course, is Harem. Yeah. Is t- devoted to destruction. Yeah. And they're not finished yet. Yeah. And this is after God sends a, a terrible hailstorm yeah. on the enemy and then yeah. he wipes them out with a hailstorm. Yeah. Joshua and his team are slaughtering it. And so Joshua stands up and says, let the sun stand still over Gibeon. Yeah. Let the moon over the valley of Ajon or whatever it is. And then, so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. And everybody goes, hang on, the universe doesn't work like that. Who knows what? Who knows what? Uh, you know, I've, and I've heard lots of different explanations. Yeah. Uh, even you, you know, uh, because of course it's it's uh, uh, what you call phenomenological. You know, because the sun yeah. actually doesn't move; it's the exactly. earth moves. But exactly. um, and, and it may be that there was light, or or that there. Were, I don't know. However. Uh, I don't think we need to go there because it's we're we're talking about God here, yeah. and God can do anything, even yes. if, even if it means tilting the earth or <laughs> or whatever, stopping the universe. Yeah, exactly. He, he, here's one that you, that you'll love, Mister um, <laughs> Mister Dis- Dispensational. One of the elements, you know, you talked about pre 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 prefiguration prefiguration before. One of the elements of the dispensa- dispensational view of prophecy yeah. is that 
uh, is that this age that we're in, in yeah. a sense, the prophetic clock stopped. Yes. Yeah. While, in a sense, you know, Jesus sits at his, the right hand of God until he makes his enemies a footstool for his feet. Yeah. The clock stops. Yeah. So there's. I'm just going to throw you. <laughs> throw me. I'm going to throw you a big, crumb right there. <laughs> big, no, that's that's more than a crumb. That's a big juicy bone. I'll I'll definitely take that. Okay, let's let's wrap this up in 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 for chapter chapter ten here. Um, there's a there is a miraculous victory. Yeah. Uh, Joshua and the Israelite <laughs> army. Um, you know, save the Gibeonites. They wipe out the Amorite Amorite kings. Joshua kills them in a in a. Um, you know, in a really uh, uh, horrible fashion, let's yeah, say. Yeah. You know, like there's a horrible fashion in the cave and everything like that. He does that, and Israel then goes on to destroy all the southern towns that are associated with that. Yeah, and yeah so-, so the south. Uh, yep, yeah, that's right. So you get the destruction of the southern towns, and and uh, it is this idea again. This idea of uh, harem comes. In because you get this list of, and it said, and every person and every, it was utterly destroyed, it was completely, yeah. so you get uh, this idea repeated through that. All right, so Joshua, Josh, yeah, Joshua and his right, we'll leave there in chapter 10. Now, we've got another about uh, 16, 17 chapters to fly through in the second <laughs> half of this, is, That's this right. podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're going we're gonna to really, really fly high. We're half time already. We're half time already, buddy boy. Time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. So, let's, let's leave Joshua and the crew there as they're about to face the northern armies in the book of Joshua. Let's take a quick break. I've got something really exciting to tell you about a video series that we did a couple of years ago now about deeper places. Right, right. Yeah, and we've got a a very special offer on that. So stick around. You want to hear about this. And we'll be back with Joshua in just a moment here on Thrive Deeper. there family it's your old mate dj Payne, and i hope you're enjoying this episode of thrive deeper as we fly through the book of joshua now we've got some exciting news that we would love to hang on hey oh i know what that sound is that is the listeners Special offer. That's right. We've got a listener's special offer. This is very exciting. Hang on. The team is sending me a piece of paper. I'm getting handed a piece of paper right now with the listener's special offer on it. What is this? Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. This is it. This is a great one. You probably know that Matthew Jacoby has written a book. It's called Deeper Places, The Spirituality of the Psalms. It's a beautifully written book that takes you on a journey deeper into your relationship with God through the Psalms. Now, what you might not have known is that we have filmed a video series for Deeper Places, and it is fantastic if I do say so myself. Now, what the Deeper Places video series is, is a seven-part video that you watch as either, you know, an individual reading through the book, or you might be doing it as a small group, or as a Bible study, or as a connect group, and you're going deeper into the book together through the videos. It's a really wonderfully put together program. So, you can do it individually, or you could do it together. Now, the seven sessions, I want to give you some of the titles of the seven sessions, because it'll give you a sense of how real and deep this series is. Session one is all about spiritual apathy. Session two, 
The Pursuit of Sadness. Session three, Anger Management. Session four, Faith Complains. Session five, The Waiting Room. Session six, The Rest of Worship. And the final session, session seven, The Praise of Enjoyment. Oh, this series is good. It's Matthew at his best. And in fact, our very own Benita, the lovely voiceover lady, introduces the videos here. And I want to play you a little bit of her introduction into how you can use this into a group session. There are seven study sessions in the Deeper Places video series, each around 20 minutes in length. At the end of each session, Matthew facilitates a discussion around the session, and these are supported by printable discussion starter sheets. The discussion starter sheets can be downloaded from the thrivetoday.net.au website. Finally, there is a standalone introductory session to this series. In this shorter video presentation, Matthew outlines the subject matter of the seven sessions and the process for your group members to get the best from this resource. You can show this introduction to your group at the same time as session one. However, we would strongly encourage you to view this short introduction together as a group a week or so before you begin session one. This will allow people to get to know each other. All right. Now, I might be a little bit biased, but isn't Benita the wonderful voiceover lady just wonderful? Now, what you need to do to take hold of this special offer, this is only good till the end of September 2021. Head over to thrivetoday.tv, thrivetoday.tv, our home on the web. And right at the top of the page, look for a little bar that says listeners special offer. If you click on that, that'll take you to the Deeper Places video series. It'll tell you all about it. And it is 50% off, half price for anybody using the code THRIVE. So you click on select, you add it to your cart, and when you check out, use the code THRIVE, the coupon THRIVE, and you get 50% off. Now, the incredible thing, the video series normally price is so cheap at $20 Australian. If you're in Australia, it's $20. So it's only $10 for this seven-part video series. It is great in-depth teaching from our very own Magicopia. You could do it as a family Bible study. You could do it by yourself. You could do it just as a husband and wife or just maybe your neighbours. Whoever you want to do it with, I think it's going to be great. I cannot believe it. Listener special offer, 50% off the Deeper Places video series. Just use the coupon code THRIVE and it's on till the end of September 2021. Woo! How good is that? Well, that's enough from me. Let's get back into Joshua and this episode of Thrive Deeper. And welcome back to Thrive Deeper. It's DJ and Matt here. We are in the book of Joshua, picking up in chapter 11. Matt, these next few chapters, we're just going to really just touch on because chapters 11, 12 and 13 and 14 just sort of chronicle Joshua's expansion, you know, yeah. in, in wiping yeah, out. But they're making, they're making an important point. And the important point, which is important for the rest of Joshua and for judges, is that with God's aid, they can defeat anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. Because you're going to get... The repeated statement as we move into the land lots, oh, yeah, but they couldn't drive out these people. Yeah. And then in, and again in, in Judges, uh, yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. No, no. They could. 
They could. Yeah. They just didn't. They didn't. You know, yeah. that's uh, so. You, that's an and, important and we, idea. And we get a feeling of that coming <clears> as well. So, in Chapter 11, Israel defeats the northern armies. Jo- uh, Joshua and the team do that. Chapter 12, uh, the they defeat the east uh, of Jordan. They defeat the west of Jordan. We have lists of lists of kings. That's a defeated. resounding defeat of the, you know, so yeah. they've, they've defeated the southern kings. Yeah. Then they've defeated- uh, The eastern the, kings. Yeah. And then you get this- uh, Conquered list, yeah. Uh, conquered people's list, yeah. And the land is starting to be given over to, you know, they're beginning to draw up different territories. We get a hint in chapter thirteen that Joshua isn't getting any younger, yeah. And God right. is saying, "Look, there's a lot more to do. We've got all these Philistines to get rid of in this country. Don't worry, you and the people stick with me. I will wipe them out for yeah. you. Yeah. Just keep on listening to me." And Joshua swears and says, "Yes, we're going to do that." Chapter fourteen. The land divided the west of Jordan. And then we get a beautiful moment in chapter 14. I don't yeah. know, Matt, you want to jump uh, in there before I just want that. to jump in at, at chapter 13. Yes. Uh, it says, when Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. Yeah. So this is, and I'm going to say something about this because this is an important issue from here on. Okay? Yes, yes. So in a sense, D-Day has happened. Okay. All, see, all of these alliances have been broken. So yeah. the, en- the, the, the enemy has had his... Teeth knocked out. Okay. So there's no, so they actually can. So the question now is the land is now yours effectively, but will you take possession? Of what has effectively been given you, I, I to you. That's the, that's the idea. Because the promise here, like I mentioned just a second ago, in chapter 13, Joshua is getting older and the Lord says to him, I myself, he's now, he's now <clears throat> yeah, going yeah. one step further. Like yeah. then the armies type of thing. Yeah. He says, I myself will drive these people out. They're defeated foe. Yeah. I, I will get rid of them. So make sure you include this land that is not yet to be taken. You haven't even set yeah, foot yeah. in it yet. Yeah, that's right. Include it in the division. And once you Israelites step into it, I'll wipe them out for you. Yeah, that's and, right. And, the, you know, Joshua that's and his right. team are like, and yes. Yeah, that's right. Let's go. It's an important idea. But it's but there's there's I love the fact that, you know, this is a, like almost like great writing or great movie yeah, yeah. movie point here. The fact that it's mentioned in Joshua, we're meant to remember that because it's going to come into play in the next book. Yeah, that's right. To. Yeah. Massively. Yeah, yeah so. that's right. So we, this is this is an important but to, just to bring an application element to this. This is an important idea because in a sense Jesus life death and resurrection is the D-day that breaks uh you know as it says in Psalm 3 break the teeth of the wicked one. Yeah. Uh you know taking his bite away basically. Yeah. Uh but we're now meant to possess what Jesus has won. Now the question is we can take the ground uh, you know, uh, the kingdom of God, there, there's no, uh, the kingdom of God can go forward unhindered. So we can take the, the question is, will we? Yeah. That's the question. This this is Same a great, situation. Let me, let me give a plug to our sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives. Uh, episode 40 yeah. that we've just put out yeah. is a conversation about who rules the world yeah. today. Yeah. Is it God? Is it Satan? Is it Jesus? Yeah. Is it man? Yeah. And I think what we're touching yeah, on yeah, here- yeah. Lays perfectly yeah, into that's that right. episode yeah. as well. So we move into now. I'm going to say some. Let me say a few broad things about this division of the land because yeah. from chapter 14 you you get. Can we uh, talk about? Can we talk about Caleb first? Yeah, we are. I, okay, I, okay. This is where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> Just whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to skip over Caleb. No, no. I love this guy. No, we I love don't want to skip over Caleb. Yeah. Because uh, the, actually, there's there's some significant. This is the this is the sort of stuff that we tend to skim over. And yes. I, I mean, okay, I, I get it because there's lots of boring lists of boundaries and. Yeah. Um, this is a- true, actually true interestingly, Bible yeah, nerd at, stuff, at, yeah. Tr- interestingly, as you go on, 
the boundaries get increasingly fluid yep. in the sense that um, as you go on, uh, because uh, the tribes uh, are more and more complacent uh, about taking what's theirs. And so, you get this slightly uh, ambiguous kind of boundary that, mm. that you know. Um, now, the land allotments are bookended by mentions of two, a specific people. Yes. Two specific people. Yeah. One, Caleb. Yep. Second, Joshua. Now, it's, to say one thing about Caleb, it's worth recognising, a lot of people don't realise this about Caleb. Caleb actually is not originally an Israelite. Caleb is a, a Kenazite. Yeah. Okay. So, at some point, and pre, this is, goes way back, uh, you know, uh, Caleb's tribe had been absorbed into Israel. Yeah. And here is this remarkable, it's a classic example of where you constantly see, mm. again, prefiguring, I think, what happens in the book of Acts. Yeah where you just see Gentiles putting Israel to shame for their faith. Amen. You know, I mean, this is what we see in the Gibeonites. Yes. I mean, we see this first Rahab. Yes. I mean, Rahab says, you are certainly going to take this, God is going to give you this land. Yeah. You know, I mean, her faith is, you know, greater than a lot of people who are quivering on yeah. the edge of the promised land. Uh, now, for those, who don't, those who don't remember, Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 spies from, yeah, the, from the different tribes right. and different people who went into the promised land very early on with Moses, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And they were the only two that came back with a good report. Yeah, that's right. Full of yeah. faith, knowing that God was on their side. And it was the that judgment that kept Israel in the land for 40 years wandering. And so now we have all these years later, yeah. old man Caleb, the two oldest men in the- And in they're the, the whole, only ones that survive. They're the only guys, ones yeah. who survived out of that generation, Caleb and Joshua. And we get this story, as you say, the, that's bookend, right. the, the first bookend is Caleb. And, and the point is, is that their faith is being honoured here. Yeah. And, and that's why they get special mention. And, you know, I mean, Caleb, uh, originally not from the tribes of Israel- Yet by faith, he gets a special mention at the beginning of the divisions of the of the divisions. Yeah. He's the first one mentioned. It's, it's great. great. It's great. So Caleb comes as an old man to his mate. You know, eighty five years old. Yeah, and and you know he ma it makes a point that. Caleb is basically like, hey, man, I haven't shirked from my responsibilities. Yeah. I'm still in there fighting, dude. And and this is important because he says down in, in verse 12, yeah. uh, he says, uh, you know, you've heard uh, then that the Anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified. This is the, the area that he's going to take, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about the Anakites and the, yeah. you know, uh, the sons of Anak and the giants. Yes. And the, there's a sort of possible connection there with the Nephilim yeah, and all yeah, of this exactly, sort of stuff. You exactly, know what I mean? Yeah. So, the, 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 it's the Anakites who were the ones that initially when they when, when, when the 12 spies went into the land, yes. they said, oh, these guys are there. Yeah. No, we're not going near these yeah. guys. Caleb is saying, I'm 85 years old. I love right? it. I love this. Even though I'm an old man, yeah, I can take them. Yeah. And, and why? Because he says, but the Lord helping me, yeah. I will drive them out just as he said, that is God said. So, yeah. Here is Caleb by faith is saying, I'm 85 years, hey, but I, I'm going to take on these guys. My faith is yeah, just as strong. Very good. Now, what that, that's an important comment there at the beginning of these land divisions, because as we move through the land divisions, you get these comments, um, uh, you know, they did not dislodge the Canaanites living in Gezer. To this day, the Canaanites live among the people. And see, in every case, you get this tribe that's given... Uh, that you know the land is given to this tribe, but it's often said, and yet they did not drive out this people. They did not drive out that people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it says the um, 
but the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the people of Judah could not drive out. So the Jebusites dwell with the people to this day. Yeah. And then, however, they did not drive out. The Ca- yeah. Canaanites, then yeah. down, you know, yet the people of Manasseh could not take possession of those cities, but the Canaanites persisted to dwell in that land. So that, you know what I mean? They, and yet it's clear that they if could. they had the faith, they could, yeah. and yet they didn't. Yeah. So we get, that's what we have over the next few chapters. You know, we've got the land given to the different tribes, different allotments given to different lands, all the way through to about chapter 20. Chapter 20 talks about city of refuge, uh, you know, fulfillment of the law of Moses, you know, where they set that up. They also cover the towns given to Levites in chapter 21. Yeah, at the end, but just to re- reverse a little bit, Yeah, special mention for Joshua oh, at the yes. end of there. So this is the other end of the bookend. So yeah. Joshua is mentioned. Uh, so God is honouring Joshua's and Caleb's faith. Yeah, yeah. and then we get this cities of refuge and Levite cities, because remember the Levites, they don't have land allotment. They're yes. meant to be dispersed among the people. This, talk about prefiguration, mm. uh, because of course the Levites... Uh, were in in a sense uh, a prefiguration of all of God's people, you know, and the this is the royal that's biblical because yeah. uh, Exodus nineteen, you are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, yep. and Peter in his letter picks this up. Yes, you know, we're a royal priesthood. Okay, so he's he's referring to all Christians as like the priests and the Levites, right? Yeah. And it's interesting to note that the Levites uh, were rather than have an enclave mm-hmm. in which they lived. They were for strategic purposes because they were the carriers of 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 the word, so to speak. Yes. Um, uh, the the mediators of God's blessing and God's message, the Levites and the priests. Uh, they were to be not have their own enclave, but to be scattered amongst the people in these cities. I think that's a wonderful depiction of how it. You know, looking forward to God's people in the new covenant to be dispersed among all the peoples of the earth yeah. as the priests of God to the nations. Yeah, that's a great yeah. that's a great point here in chapter, you know, twenty and twenty one where it talks yeah. about that in the book of Joshua. Then we get we're getting now towards the end of Joshua. Uh Chapter 22, I think, is worth a mention, Matt. The Eastern tribes return home. Yeah. This is yeah. uh this an is, interesting story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, an interesting story and a fulfillment of you know, something that is left over from the time of Moses. Yeah. You know, a, a deal that was made with Moses here. Yeah. Uh, so- Yeah, so just to ex- just to remind our listeners of that. So, um, the half of the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad, when they were still on the eastern side of the Jordan, they said, hey, we, we've conquered these kings yes. uh, anyway, because they were at- attacked by those kings. Uh, hey, can we have this land? We're yeah. really happy with this land. This land is beautiful. Uh, yeah. Moses said, yeah, that's fine, but you still need to help your brothers fight the wars uh, west of the Jordan, which they did. Then they go back home. Then you get this interesting uh, thing because they build build an altar Mm. uh, there and um, rumours, the way that rumours are, get back to the west. Uh, to the other tribes that they've built a pagan altar. (laughs) And they're all freaking out, right? Because they're remembering, uh, they're remembering Achan, of course, and and like the Lord, we're all going to be destroyed because of what you did. It's an interesting corporate way of thinking there. Uh, So, guess who they, I love who they send. Yes, this is a great (laughs) point. I love this point. I love love who they send. Phinehas, remember Phinehas, right? Phinehas is, Always remembered right into, in fact, the New Testament period yep. uh, as the as the person who embodies zeal for the law of yep. the Lord, right? 
Phinehas is the guy in uh, the end of the book of Numbers who, you know, when uh, what what happened there and uh, the the Israelite flaunts yes. his his sin, you yep. know, with this um, uh, this. Uh, cult prostitute yep. and, and Phinehas goes up and puts a spear through them both. It's a pretty full-on story. Yep. But but the point is, is that Phinehas is the guides, the guardian, guardian of the law. Of course, the Apostle Paul, uh, sorry, Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul, yep. when he was, he t- talks a lot about his former zeal as mm. a persecutor of Christians. That's a, that zeal is attached to this guy, Phinehas. Yes. Right? So, Phinehas becomes a very important uh, guy. Now, of course, who's the perfect guy? Ah, they've broken the law. Phinehas, where's Phinehas? <laughs> and, and, he's he's yeah. and he's more than right, happy. I'll go in there. <laughs> okay. I'll go and sort him out. And he's probably still got the spear that he yeah, used Yeah, so they're ready out. to go and wipe them out. I mean, you know, and because this is serious business, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, anyway, they go in and anyway, they find out, no, it was, it actually yeah. was legitimate thing. Uh, it wasn't an altar to a pagan uh, to a pagan god they yeah. were it was uh, an altar to, to the Lord and, and, so I, and I love it because Phineas goes in there red hot with the, with oh, the, yeah, with the yeah. people he's ready to go and they and they but it shows their sensitivity to this this issue Which because is of great. course that's not going to last no uh, no. Once we get into the book of Judges, uh, everyone's going to be making pagan altars, yeah. um, and and therefore, you know, it's uh, it's going to have uh, yeah. implications for the whole. So nation. when 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 these half tribes are able to say, look, this is why we do it, did it, and their reason for doing it, building this altar, is for future generations to they're understand trans, their connection. The trans well, they're, they're referred to as the Transjordanian tribes. Okay, the ones east of the uh, so half tribe of Manasseh, Reuben. And Gab. All right, the Trans Jordanians. I like it. I like it. So when they plead their case and say, and they really do, like yeah. it's a spiritual yeah. case. It's a beautiful case, and I love the fact that after Phineas gives them a red hot blast, yeah. him him and the leaders go right. You know, right, today yeah, we, we won't kill you afterwards. Yeah, today we know the Lord is among us. <laughs> yeah. Hooray for you guys! We're going home. Have a nice life, and off they and off they go. Um, you know, and and you know they end up. It ends up being they named that altar in 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 that area witness. Yeah. For they said it is a witness between us and the Lord, your, yeah. our God. We're all one people. This altar is a, is a is a reminder that we are one people, though we live on yeah. separate sides of the river. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, that's uh, chapter yeah. twenty two, and then twenty three. We, in a sense, these last couple of chapters of Joshua are, are really a lead into the book of Judges. Yes, because this is where Joshua gets the leaders together, and he says, "Listen, uh, you know you can do this." Yeah, uh, you know, verse five: "The Lord your God will push them, these nations, back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised." Therefore, be very strong. So he gives them the exhortation that God gave him at the beginning of the book. This yeah. is the wonderful symmetry of this book. Beautiful. You know, he tells them, be strong and very courageous. Um, and then down in verse 13, uh, he says, know for certain that the Lord, your, that if you, um, if you turn back uh, and you cling to these nations and you, uh, he says, know for certain that God's not going to drive them out before you. If you compromise, yeah. okay, if you compromise with them, uh, it says, then they will be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes mm. until you perish from this good ground. That's the rationale. That's actually the key rationale for why in the first place, this principle of harem, one of the reasons why this principle of harem had mm. to be enacted in the land of Canaan. Because if these people remained, they were so given over to what we would describe as outright Satanism, right? Yes. They were yes. so given over to these uh, this uh, th- these cults. It was so entrenched. It was such a stronghold that if 
any of it remained, mm. anyone remained in whom this was so entrenched, mm. they would certainly, it was like, the, this is the ultimate preemptive strike. Mm. If you let them remain within a generation, you will be destroyed. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, as we know, Book of Judges yeah. completely vindicates that. Yeah. They do compromise. They do what they don't do what Joshua said. Yeah. They enter into treaties with the nations, and within a generation, they are uh, in so bondage. Sad. They yeah. are suffering the most terrible bondage uh, to these nations, and in and, and in many cases, not only physical bondage, but they're giving themselves over to their gods yeah. uh, and doing the terrible things that these nations did. It's it's uh, so sad. Yeah. It's so sad, and I, and I and I love this picture. I mean, Joshua is in. You know, I, I, we don't know exactly when this is. We know that he dies at, a, at the age of one hundred and ten, yeah. Joshua. And so, you know, the, he, he's he's very late in life here. And I love at the ending here. I just you hear the heart of Joshua. You know, at the end of this chapter, where he says, "Soon I will die." Yeah. You know, he's not scared of death. I'm going the way of everything on the earth is the way that the yeah. New Living Translation translates it. And he says, deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. Yeah. And he's standing on that yeah. truth. He's an old man because of those truths. Yeah. And then he goes in for that for the whole last paragraph there is, but if you break, if you turn away, it's all going to go pear-shaped. Yeah, that's so right. please don't do it. Please don't do it. And, you know, <clears throat> the sad thing here is that Joshua really is the last real godly leader mm. until we get pretty much to Samuel and then David. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, we're coming to uh, what you could describe as a kind of dark ages here. We're yeah. about to descend into a dark ages um, because of the lack of godly leadership. And, um, in fact, the book of Judges is going to start, in those days Israel had no king, everyone did as he saw fit. Mm. Uh, that's how, the, sort of the, the epitaph over the book of Judges. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and so... Uh, you know, Joshua, I think, senses this. Yes. So he locks, you know, renews the covenant with them. Yeah. Does and something very similar to what Moses does, does at the end of Deuteronomy. Exactly. Choose, make a choice. Let's mm -hmm. signify the choice now. And, and this will be a witness against you. So when it goes bad, you can look back and say, ah, it went bad because we turned away from the Lord. And of mm. course, that's, this covenant is important because they, when things did go bad, they would remember why it went bad. Mm. And as we see again and again and again in the book of Judges, they turn back to God, they cry out to God. So this is the important thing about this, this covenant is yeah. that it does cause them to remember every time they get in strife, they call out to God. And the amazing thing, of course, about Judges is that every time they call out to God, God answers them. Yeah, even the again, and yeah, again, yeah, again yeah. and again and again and uh, again. You know, it's so frustrating. Okay, so let's let's wrap up Joshua here. We don't want to yeah. jump too too far ahead into Judges already. Yeah, no, that's, no, yeah, I'm getting excited here. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. going to be the next episode. So this final chapter, chapter twenty four, as we wrap up the book and the life of this amazing man mm. of God, one of the most amazing heroes uh, in the Bible in the Old Testament, especially is the is the man Joshua. And so the final the final thing that Joshua does is he gathers all the tribes of Israel into Shechem and they present all the all the leaders all the judges all the all the leaders of all the tribes come and they present themselves to God and Joshua in a great prophetic moment you know yeah. like 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 yeah. a Moses yeah. 
Joshua says right at the beginning, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. And then we have paragraphs and paragraphs of paragraphs of God speaking in the first person through Joshua. I brought you out of the land. I did this. I did this. And he tells an incredible tale capturing the entire story of Moses and Aaron, uh, you know, the fighting of the Amorites, you know, crossing the Jordan River. And then we get back into the voice of Joshua and he says, look, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away for ever the idols your ancestors and he and Joshua lays it all out and as you as he quite rightly point pointed out Matt Joshua warns the people you are not able to serve the Lord for you, you are, if you do these other things he will not forgive your rebellion and sins if you abandon the Lord and serve other gods he will utterly destroy you so you know uh uh, he will turn against you, even though, and then the people all as one yell out to Joshua, "No, that will yeah. never happen. Yeah. We will serve the Lord." And he replies, "You are a witness to your own decision. Yeah. You have chosen to serve, and yes, we have chosen. We will do what he, he has said." Yeah. And he's like, "All right then." So destroy. Now this is an interesting point because Josh, I see here Joshua as an old man mm. knows what's going yeah, to happen. Yeah. He says, "Okay, destroy." The idols among you. So there was already still, a, yeah, that, there's that's still right. yeah. idols amongst the Israelite people. Uh, destroy them and turn your hearts fully to the Lord. Again, this is the important part that we we sometimes lose in the Old Testament. God is concerned not not just about destroying the idols, but it's about turning their hearts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To God, That's right. obeying Him, and so Joshua made a covenant with the people. This is building on all the other covenants that God has already made with the people. Yeah. He recorded all these things. Says Joshua recorded, as we've got yeah. here, recorded it all. Um, you know, he's he's put it uh, beside the tabernacle. Yeah. The tabernacle is still sitting there. <laughs> They've collected all the books together. Yeah. He's got all the all the yeah. people together, and um, and again, again, another theme here, right at the end, he sets up a stone. Yeah. And says, this stone, and this is a great line at the end of Joshua's life, this stone has heard everything the Lord yeah. has said to us. Yeah. It will be a witness to testify if you go back on your word. And that Joshua sent all the people back, and then he dies at 110 years old. Yeah. You know, Joshua, the son of Nun. And uh, we get a series of leaders being buried at the end of the book. Uh, you know, the people of Israel serve the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. And of the elders who outlived him. So this generation who went through all this, they're yeah. with God. Those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for yeah. Israel. The bones of Joseph. Yeah. We get the patriarch yeah, yeah, Joseph, yeah. that which the Israelites have brought along from the yeah. land of Egypt, is finally buried. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, Eliezer, the son of Aaron, has died. So these generations who have experienced yeah. all this are dying out. Um, you know, Phineas Berry, obviously Phineas yeah. is now involved in yeah. burying these people. And scholars say that Phineas is probably involved in yeah. sort of collecting the works and yeah. making sure this yeah, is all set right. up. And and that's the end of the book of Joshua. Yeah, well, it's the end of the book of Joshua, but it's the beginning of something else. And this reminds me so much. I mean, I, I can't help but think about Jesus' words to his disciples after his resurrection. Yeah. This, it's like this Joshua moment. And again, the fact that they share the name and so uh, important because, you know, I think that the one is connected to the other, you know, and there's this sense in which Jesus is saying to us, I've... You can do. You can do this. You know what I mean. Go uh, and make disciples. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and because you can do this, the, ki- yeah. not, the kingdom of God will be unstoppable. Yes. And 
uh, and it just, you know, be strong. You just got to be strong. You got to be courageous. You got to keep the faith. Don't turn, don't assimilate to these nations. Don't take on their gods. Because mm. if you do, that'll, that'll kill. It's the same, it's the same message, I, you know, I think uh, that, that we get as we close off the gospels to what we get as we close off uh, this narrative here. And I think this is why I think we can read these stories. We can read the words of Joshua as almost like an elaboration of yeah. the great commission that yeah. Jesus uh, gives us. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's what I love about this. Now, I, I'm going to, I'm going to serve you up a big softball here, Matt, to yeah. finish to wrap it up yeah. for us. And I really want you to bring it home and, and apply it yeah. for us. And and not just for us who are listening to this in, in August of 2021, when this episode yeah. comes out, but hopefully future generations will mm. be able to listen to this and apply it to their lives. Yeah. How do we apply, you know, there's some gruesome, gruesome elements in Joshua and it's pretty full on for our yeah, yeah. modern mindset, but the spirit of Joshua and what God is calling us to do to, to not just give head knowledge to the promises of God, yeah. but to actually go forward and step into them yeah. and really claim them in our day-to-day life. I, I see so many Christians, so many people who are, you know, who have entered into a relationship with God falling into the lies of the world, falling, mm. believing the lies yeah. of the world, believing other authorities, powers, anything yeah. else that puts their way up in, in front of God's voice. How do we get some of this boldness and courage and strength of Joshua in our life to say, listen, the world might be telling me this is the status quo. The world might be telling me this is normal. I need to start putting my trust in God and held onto his promises. It's easy for us to read the book and say that, but my goodness, practically doing it is so hard. Yeah. Look, the key... The key to strength and courage in the book of Joshua is sticking to the plan. Uh, just do what I say. <laughs> like, it's not just do whatever you want and do it courageously and with strength. Mm. No. No, it's do what I... If you do what I say, if you stick to my plan, yeah. uh, you know, we live... And, and I think particularly, you know, we live in a complex world, you know, and everyone has their ideas of what's... good. You know, it's like, no, no, you don't have to just... Stick to the plan, right? Strength and courage. Because in this age, we're fighting a spiritual battle, very much a spiritual battle. Yeah. Not like very, I mean, different and similar to Joshua, different in the sense that we're not fighting against people. We're actually fighting for people against spiritual principalities and powers. Mm. Uh, it's a battle that's won largely through self-sacrifice, through the same way that Jesus won the battle. Uh, and we're called to take up our cross and follow him. Uh, to have the same mind uh, as that of Christ, who being in very nature God, gave up, you know, like his, uh, you know, in humility, uh, triumphed. And as we as we stick to the plan and sacrifice everything for the central plan of being the embodiment of God's, like, living testimonies of yes. the grace of God, yes. being a light in the darkness, darkness can never prevail uh, against light and um, I I think sticking to the plan is the most important thing in an age of distraction and be strong and courageous about that and nothing will thwart what God wants to do man I just love the person of Joshua 
and the book here in the Old Testament is an amazing book. I love the fact, as Matthew said, Joshua knew how to stick to the plan and really fulfill the promises of God in this new promised land. Now, talking about sticking to the plan, I hope you plan to head over to our website, thrivetoday.tv, and take hold of this amazing offer of the Deeper Places video guide through the book. Uh, it's an amazing book by Matthew Jacoby, Deeper Places, and this video series is wonderful. You're going to absolutely love it. So please head over there. There's an exclusive offer. Use the coupon code THRIVE, half price. Well, we will see you in a fortnight on the next episode of Thrive Deeper as we begin in the book of Judges. Oh my goodness, if you've never read this book before, you are in for a roller coaster ride. Until then, Thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.